Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, you picked a great week to be here. We're in this series called New Normal, and we've been in this for a while, really talking about doing things God's way, pulling away from the world. Romans says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And really looking at, looking at doing things God's way, because just because we get used to it doesn't mean it's the best. And Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And I want that life, so let's, let's move away from that and move to the things of God. So we're, we're in that this week, but next week... We're going to have a bunch of fun. We've got a special guest with us next week, and that is Trent and Siobhan will be here next week, and they are missionaries in Hawaii. Yep, they're suffering for Jesus in, <laughs> in Hawaii, and they work with YWAM, which trains up young people to go on missions, and it's really an amazing group, and they, they specifically, they're both um, really gifted musicians and singers. So they're going to be doing worship and message next week, and it's actually a large part of what they do is to train young people to be worship leaders and to lead and to use their gifts to build the kingdom of God. Sounds familiar? It's a lot of what we're about. Well, you are actually help support them in Hawaii, and they're going to be here come next week. So them and their five boys, when they're not in Hawaii or going on missions, they actually tour the country in a motorhome. So all seven of them in a motorhome, and so they'll be here with us next week. It's going to be a bunch of fun. Encourage you to come. But this week, we've got a new normal, and we're having fun. Let's pray and dive in. God, we thank you for your word. God, that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And God, we do. We believe that what you have for us is the best, and we want it. We want all that you have for us. God, we want to be your hands. We want to be your feet, to not just go through life, but to make a difference in this world. God, as your word goes forth, God, we open, up our, we open up our hearts, our minds to you. God, take out the things that don't belong. God, we want to honor you with all that we do. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, how many of you ever jumped, like up or off of anything ever? Raise your hand. Most of you not. Wow. I don't know. Like, seriously, it's not dangerous. You just, that's it. Okay. But seriously, raise your hand if you've ever jumped. At all, off anything. Okay, how many of you did not come back down? <laughs> Everybody came down. And it's not a surprise. I'm not surprised that it all, you kept, I mean, unless you're in an anti-gravity chamber or like on the moon or in outer space, you're coming back down because of gravity. There's just this law and it's there. And that law of gravity, guess what? It doesn't care how old you are. It doesn't care what color socks you're wearing. It doesn't care if your socks have holes in it like mine does. It's driving me nuts right now, but I do. I have a hole. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. None of that matters because it's gravity. It just does what it does, and it's a, it's a natural law, and that's it. It's, it's reliable. It just keeps happening over and over. Well, just like there's natural laws, there's spiritual laws as well. There are spiritual laws. One of those spiritual laws is found in Galatians 6, 7, and it says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps whatever he sows. This is a spiritual law. It's just going to work. There's natural laws. There's spiritual laws. There's spiritual law. It's just there. So you reap whining and complaining. Guess what you're going to get? You're going to get whining and complaining. You're going to get it. You reap just temper and mad and strife. You're going to get the exact same thing back. You, you, you sow and then you reap. 
You sow and then you reap. So you sow a bunch of generosity. Guess what? It just seems to follow you. You're like, what's going on? Well, you sow and then you reap. Well, another one of these spiritual laws is found in Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18.21 says this. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, the Bible says that our tongue has the power of life and death. Now, when I hear life and death, I think, like, that's a big deal. That's, like, a really, really big deal. Life and death is, like, oh, no, like, something's going to happen. Like, you've like, you got to be careful. I remember when Becca was about to have our first child. We were on our way to the hospital, and I was like, this is life and death. I get to drive fast. And I'm like, we, we, we got to get there. And Beck's like, it's not that big of a deal. We're okay. You can slow down. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yes. I'm like, oh. But I thought it was like, oh, well, I'd have a legitimate reason for the first time in my life to be going fast. No. In, in college, one of my friends was a, a medic. So they'd be on an ambulance, and she'd always tell me just funny stories, and, and they had certain people that they'd pick up. They called them frequent flyers. It was like, they call for ambulances all the time, just, just all the time. And we know what they want. They want us to give them some medicine. They want some drugs. They want something. That's what they're after. And they're like, but they know what it takes to get us. And I go, what do you mean? And she's like, well, and she names the one of them. I don't remember what his name was. But, like, but what he would complain about was chest pain. Because chest pain is life-threatening, and that would get us to come, lights and sirens. And we would come because it's life. It could be life and death. So it elevated their response to a higher level. I think he's trying to get our attention here. In Proverbs, where he says, the tongue has the power of life and death. That's a big deal. Life and death situation, that is a, that's a really big deal. Now, when I say that, I think most of you don't believe me. I think it's hard for any of us to believe that about our words. We don't really take our words that seriously, like life and death. We just don't. When we were little kids, we went to Myers. I say Myers because it bugs Becca. So we went to Myers, and uh, we were shopping, little kids, and we talked mom into getting some goldfish. So we get these goldfish, and we bring them back home, and and I don't know if we had the tank or any of that. As little kids, you don't remember or think about any of those consequences. You're just like, I just want the fish. So we got the fish. We had a tank. I don't know what happened. But they have a tank. They're in the kitchen. And we got these goldfish in there. Well, later, Dad comes home. And of course, all of us are like, hey, look at our fish. And my little sister, we'd all picked out a fish. My little sister picked out this fish. And it's, it's one of those fish where they look like they've been squeezed and their eyes are about to pop out. Like it's just like they're just like outside of their body almost. But they're not really. Popeye fish is what I call, I don't know what they're actually called, but they're really, they're, they're ugly. Well, my dad comes by and he sees this fish. He's looking at all the fish and then he sees this one and he goes, oh, he goes, I remember exactly what he goes, oh, you ugly fish, I curse you, die. And he walks away. <laughs> well, that was my little sister's fish and she's in there and she hears him say this, and so she starts to cry a bit, and then, okay, so she's a little girl, she just, she just cried. So then she's done crying. Well, the next day, we come down, and we're eating breakfast, and all of a sudden, we look, and Stephanie's ugly fish is dead. <laughs> and so dad comes in, and Stephanie is just bawling, and she looks at dad, she goes, you killed my fish! And my dad's like, no, I didn't. And she goes, yes, you did. You said, I curse you, fish, die. And dad goes, I did. And just kind of stopped like halfway. He's like, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hard to think of our words as having the power of life and death because we use them so much. Because we can say things without even thinking. Sometimes we say things, and or maybe it's just me, but they come out and you're like, I wish I could bring it back. But you can't. But we're around it so much we can get used to it, but it's hard to think of our words as having the power of life and death. But the reason I think that is, is because we're so familiar with it. And things that we're familiar with, it's hard to really, well, we often just underestimate because we're so familiar with it. In Mark chapter 6, we read about Jesus going to his own hometown. And it says, Jesus left where he went, went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. Verse 2, when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. So they hear what's going on. They're like, wow, he's teaching. Kind of like you right now. You're like, wow, don't laugh too hard. <laughs> okay, where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him that he even does miracles? So they're seeing the miracles that Jesus is doing. Verse 3, they say this, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And the thing I think is so crazy there is they had already, it wasn't like, oh, do we buy a ticket to go hear this guy or not? Nah, I know his sister. Remember the time he stole a camel? Well, he didn't really steal it, but you know, no, no, let's not go. It was, they'd already heard him speak. They'd seen miracles. But yet, even after that, they go, oh, well, we know him. No, he couldn't be special. There couldn't be something to all this. He couldn't be right. So they took offense at him. And when we, things that we're familiar with, it's not easy for us to see how powerful they can be. You know, they say that over 75% of accidents happen within three miles of your home because you're familiar with where you live. So you might want to think about moving, just, just so you know. <laughs> no, but we become familiar with the area around us. When we go to a new town, a new city, a new place, we have to be thinking, we're like, okay, what's this and what's this intersection and stuff? But we get around our own home, the roads we're familiar on, and we go into almost autopilot. Anybody ever drive on autopilot where you're just like, oh, whoops, I'm here. Or you're like, I didn't realize, I haven't been thinking. I'm glad I didn't, whoa, is everything okay? I autopilot the other day and we we're supposed to be mountain biking and I'm like, oh, we missed our turn. We're on our way to church again. And Beck's like, what are we? I'm like, oops, whoops. I didn't even know, but I just, this is just the way I was going. We can underestimate, and it's so easy to do, but I like, I like what he says, Matthew says, about our words. It just paints such a clear picture to me. And it says this, but I tell you that men, this is Matthew 12, verse 36. He says, but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word spoken. Does that sound like a big deal to you? Like every careless word? I'm going to be there a while. Like every careless word spoken, men will have to give an account. Now, anybody think that's kind of extreme? You're like, really? Every word? That's, that's a little bit like, whoa. Eric's like, yes, that's extreme. Please, thank you. Definitely. It's really extreme unless they're more powerful than I think. And I think I have a good way of... of of demonstrating that to you. And it's, it's, it's back here. Let me see if I can find it. Yep. 
All right. Oh. That word careless just jumps out at me, and it makes me think of a gun. Now, this is a little, a little Nerf gun. <laughs> Watch out. All right. So, if I shoot this at you, okay, now let's see what happens. Oh, a couple... The kids cringe. They're like, he might, he might. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this. But we tell the kids, you know, the kids run around and they play with these and they shoot at each other and they're like, oh, they get me. And I'm like, hey, put some safety glasses on. And, 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 but it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a toy gun and it's not a big deal. Let's see if I can even hit the back wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that was no problem. I wonder if I can get the guys in the sound booth. Let's see. I got in the sound booth. That's pretty good. It's a buy. Okay. But if I... The kids play with these, and all of them. I've got a five-year-old, I've got a 14-year-old, all in between, they all just run around, and they play, that's fine, right? Now, I do tell them, like, the five-year-old will be like, it's not working, and then they'll look at them, like, no, don't do that. I'm like, oh, no, that's not how we solve anything, oh, no, right? We want to be a little bit careful because, you know, but, but it's designed to, to shoot people. Like, this is what it's designed for. Phil, gotcha. All right, it's designed to shoot people. It's not that big of a deal. But we still want our kids to be careful with it. And that's, that's this. But I've got, I've got something else I want to show you too. All right. No, 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 Phil. No water. Come on. Now I got this one. Now this one is a little bit bigger. And it's got like a 10 meg clip. Is it loaded yet? I don't know. Nope. There we go. Okay. So now this one I should probably be a little bit more careful with right? Because it can shoot, it looks like it should shoot farther and harder. Let's see. I don't know. There's a lot of gun here, but does it? Okay, I'm thinking the little one might have won, but let's pretend that this one's more powerful. Can you all just join me because it's supposed to be for my illustration? For the illustration, this is more powerful, so I need to be more careful with it, right? Because the more powerful something is, the more care we take with it, right? And so to help demonstrate that, I've got one more gun. Oh, here we go. All right, so now I've got this one. Now, this one is different. You already heard. Yeah. It's a lot different. Not only is this one electric, but this one's been souped up because it didn't come fast enough from the factory. They're like, we, 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 we can do some things. So somebody had some fun and did some 3D printed parts and figured out we can change this and do this. And they made this one a lot more fun. This one really, really shoots. And I know personally, because we were at a friend's house and Hunter comes downstairs Hunter's my 10-year-old. He goes, Dad, you got to come see this. So we get downstairs, and he goes, look at this gun. I go, cool. He goes, let me shoot you. And I'm like, I'm a cool dad. Sure, hold on. So I, like, I back up a little bit, and I stand over there, and, and I, I cover my, my face with, I had my hat. So I'm like covering my face with my hat. And he takes this thing, and he's like, get ready. And he lets it, and I'm like, ow, 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 ow. And I get little bruises all over me. I'm like, what in the world? And then I, that's when I found out that they had souped the whole thing. He's like, it speeds up. He's like, it's so fast, it rips the balls apart. And then the, I'm like, oh my goodness, I would like one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but here's the deal. You want to know what I didn't do with this one? Is I didn't point this one at you. I didn't sing with this one. Because just on the off chance that it did fire, 
I don't want it hitting you. I don't want you getting upset. I don't want you getting mad. I don't want you to be like, I got shot at church. I knew I shouldn't have gone to church. It's horrible. <laughs> like, we don't want that. Because it's more powerful, I'm going to be more careful. I just think that's the absolute perfect picture. When I read Matthew 12, 36, but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word spoken. The reason why it's every careless word spoken is because they're that powerful. Our words are that powerful. You and I were made in the image of God. We are like God. How did God create the entire world? He spoke it into being. He said, let there be light and the sun appeared. He said, let there be stars in the sky at night to guide, to provide for seasons and years and days, all of it. He spoke and it just happened. You and I are made in God's image. We talk about these spiritual laws. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says this, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe what he says will happen, it will be done for him. He says, if you say it and you do not doubt in your heart. I had people ask me, like, do you think he was, this, is, this is like metaphorically a mountain, like the mountains in my life? And I'm like, I think he's talking about like the mountains, like the mountains you drive over, climb over, hike on. I think he's talking about that. I think that's the power of our words. I said, but the spiritual law applies to things besides mountain. When we say things and we believe them, and we do not doubt in our heart. The Bible says, you'll have it. It will be so. When we say things, and we begin to speak over our lives, like, I just get sick this time of year. Guess what? Yeah, you do. Stop talking like that. Well, this, is just, this just runs in my family, so I don't have it yet, but I bet it's going to be there. I mean, I got about two more years until this starts to just show up. No. When we believe and do not doubt, no, don't, don't open the door. When we say things, well, I could never do that, and that wouldn't work for me, and, and this is just the way that it is. When we talk about our kids and like, oh, oh, well, they're just teenagers, and it's just, it's just meant to be bad and hard, and well, they're just brats, and, and it's like, no, absolutely not. And I'm like, I'll, I'll hear people at the grocery store, well, not really the grocery store, more like Cabela's or like an outdoor store, but you hear them talking about their kids, and you're like, no. No, I was at Cabela's and this kid was asking his dad for something. He's like, absolutely not. And he's calling, he's like, you're a spoiled brat. Why'd you think I would get that for you? And he's saying this stuff and I'm just like, if he's a spoiled brat, it's your fault. That's all I'm thinking. I'm like, you're the dad. Like, what are you thinking? But they're saying and speaking these things over our kids and lives. And I think we understand to some level the power of our words. You're probably familiar with that. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You've probably heard that, and parents, you've told your kids, well, that's not true, and we know the person that came up with that is not smart. <laughs> like, really? They do. And we understand to a level that words can hurt. We teach our kids to be careful with what they say, because words, they have power. I was second, I think it was a second or fourth grade, I don't remember which one exactly it was, but I was in a special reading group, because I wasn't keeping up with the rest of the class. And I didn't like to be in there because they had to haul me out of class into this other class. And I thought the other kids that were in there were stupid or something. I'm like, I don't belong in here with these guys. I did. But anyways, but I was in there and I was arguing with the teacher about being in there one day. And I remember so clearly, she's like, 
yes, you do. You're in here because you're stupid. And she said it. I remember that. I remember exactly what she said. And I say that, and some of you are like, oh, because we understand the power of our words in some areas. That we're like, you should never say something like that. We understand and we teach our kids, you have to be careful what you say, and, and we want to be careful with our words. But let me just say, the Bible says every careless word because there is supernatural, there's a spiritual law when it comes to our words, that they have the power of life and death, and those that love it will eat its fruit. Some of us, we don't like the fruit of what we're saying, but we're eating it, and it's not good. It is not good at all. But when we specifically, I want to talk about speaking negative over areas of our life, when we specifically say the negative things, when we specifically are talking about, oh, I'm going to get sick, or this is just what always happened, my car always breaks down, this is just it, stuff never lasts, I always get sick, everything always goes wrong, Murphy's Law is always right for me, this is just what it is, well, if it's good today, it'll probably be bad tomorrow. When we allow those things to come out of our mouth, here is what we do. We concede that area of our life to the devil. And here's what I mean by that. James 4, 7 says this, Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I am not saying that everything that goes wrong in your life is the devil's fault. I think sometimes the devil looks at my life, and he's like, I couldn't have done it any better. Like, congratulations, you screwed it up yourself. Like, I, I do that myself. But the devil is real. Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest, and the devil's plan is to steal, to kill, and to destroy and we resist him. How do we resist him? The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. We resist him the same way that Jesus did. Jesus showed us how when he came. He came, he was led into the wilderness. He fasted for 40 days. And afterwards, the Bible says the devil came to him and tempted him and said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And so what did Jesus do? Did he be like, hold on, God power, and the devil disappear? No. Did he be like, God, lightning bolt right here, no. Was he like, angels, come do this for me? No. He didn't do any of that. Instead, he said, no. And he spoke. He said, I will not, for it is written, man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He used scripture and he resisted the devil. When we speak negative, we're telling the devil, you can have your way here. I won't resist you. I won't resist you in this area. You can have it. Yep, I plan on getting sick. Yep, my grandpa was like, I'm not going to live. I think it was 60. He's like, I'm not going to, no, it wasn't even 60. I think it was less than, I think it was more like 50. He said, I'm not going to live to be 50, and he didn't. He said it over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and he just opened the door for the devil. He just opened the door. We get to, and we need to resist the devil when we just say these things about it. There's things that we just, we just don't need to be saying. There's thoughts that come through your head that don't ever belong coming out of your mouth. When Becca and I got married, I said, one thing we are never going to do is we're never going to bring up divorce. Like, divorce is not an option. Like, we get married, it's done. Murder, maybe. Divorce, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's a joke. But divorce is just, it, we're not even going to bring it up. We're not going to say it. We're not going to be like, oh, well, I can, like, No. We don't practice short-term, but we don't want long-term. We're not doing that. Like, it is, it, that word is not okay. It's n no, like no. 
It's not there. Because we don't even want to open that door. I don't even want to talk about it. It's not an option. It's not on the table. It's nowhere. But there's other things that we just, we say we allow to come out of our mouths that don't belong coming out of our mouths at all because our words are so powerful. They're so powerful that God says, one day you'll make, take an account for every one of those careless words you've spoken. And I'm like, I need Jesus. I need him to forgive me for all of those. And he does, thank goodness, or we'd be there all day with all the junk that I've said. It can all be forgiven. God's like, good, it's done, it's under the blood, I don't even see it anymore. I need Jesus. But he paints a picture that we need to realize how powerful our words are. To slow down in what we're speaking and be, be slow to speak. To just because we think it, we don't say it. To realize that just as silly as it would be for me to take a gun and to shoot it up in the air, not knowing where those bullets would land and the impact that they would have, it is just as silly for us to shoot off our mouth and say things without understanding because we don't understand the impact that our words have. We need to paint pictures of life. And very specifically, we're talking about not speaking negative things, not allowing, well, I'm just sick. Oh, I feel a cold coming on. Oh, whatever. Tell it to go away. Like, come on, oh, I just feel this. Here it comes. This is just why. No, resist the devil and he will flee. It doesn't say, well, just wait 10 minutes and then he'll go. He doesn't say, well, you know, um, call your best friend and their best friend and talk about it. No, it says resist the devil and he will flee. When we have sickness, when we have disease, when we have issues that are popping up, it's like, okay, how am I going to deal with this? And we need to know what God's word has to say about the subject so that we're not just positive speaking. I think that's good but we're speaking God's word. And that's where the power is, is when we speak God's word and we stand on God's promise. The mountain moves because we stand on God's promise. This does not doubt in his heart. We stand on God's promise. He said it, it's going to happen. And we watch what happens as a result. Now, here's the deal. I know it can be hard to change or to, to, to watch even what you say. The Bible says, if, if you can tame the tongue, you can do anything. <laughs> He's like, if you can tame that, it's anything. It's not easy. Anybody ever say something and just be like, oh, come back here. Yeah. Like, I, I did not mean it. I'm sorry. We do that. I do that so much that at our house, Beck and I, we have rewind. We're like, something comes out wrong and I say it and I'm just like, rewind. And we go, and we get a, we, and we get a redo. I'm like, and it's not how it meant to come out. It came out wrong. I shouldn't have said it that way. And we do. We back up. We rewind. And then we say it again. I'm like, okay, where were we before I made that? Before I opened mouth and stirred foot? Yeah. Okay, here we go. And then we say it again. It's like, okay, we're going to try this again. I know it's not easy. But we, if our words are as powerful as God's word says they are, and I believe they are, then we need to be careful the way that we're using them. We need to be intentional about the way that we're using them. And so I asked Becca to share just for uh, a bit here on some of the things that she does and, and how intentional and the way that she does it. So instead of me saying it, go for it. So, you know, our words can be like exercising a muscle. And I remember when Jono was, he's one of our sons, he's, he's nine. But when he was younger, he was learning how to count by fives and tens and that sort of thing. And he would constantly repeat during the day, five, 10, 15, 20, 25. And we walked in one night and he's asleep. He's, he's laying in bed and he is in his sleep saying five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. And the things that we repeat over and over become automatic. And a couple of years ago, I walked through a season of depression. And 
what I realized in that season is I was repeating over and over things that were not truths that God said about me. They were not truths about my situation, but I was repeating them so much that they were becoming, they were becoming automatic in my thinking. And when I walked through this season, there were many elements to my healing in it. But one of the most important things for me was the words I was speaking over myself. And to be honest, I didn't know where to start. I, I couldn't just on my own come up with things to say. And my mother-in-law had written down prayer cards, and then a friend had formatted them. And so I printed them out, I will tell you right now, on our website, the main page, directly under this screen on, on the main page, you can find a copy of the cards. So you can print them out on your own. Just click, download copy. Um, but she had formatted these cards. And what they do is they have a blank for the different names that you want to put in them. And they are the truths of scripture. And so I just wanted to show you guys a couple of, uh, a couple of these. And I'm going to put your, your names in them as I, as I think about them. So depression, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now I do not doubt in my heart, but instead choose to believe that those things I say will be done. I will have whatever I say, so whatever things I ask when I pray, I believe that I receive them and I will have them. I thank you, Lord, that your thoughts toward Gavin are thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give him a future and a hope, an unexpected end. They all have the references on them as well when you read through them. I thank you that you long to be gracious to Rochelle. You rise to show her compassion. I thank you for being so gracious when she cries for help. Whether she turns to the right or to the left, I pray that her ears will hear a voice behind her saying, this is the way, walk in it. I thank you, Lord, that you are with Ava. You are mighty to save and you take great delight in her. You quiet her with her love and rejoice over her with singing. I thank you that you keep JL in perfect peace as she keeps her mind on you. Without weakening in Steve's faith, I pray that he would face the facts of the situation, but yet would not waver through unbelief regarding your promises, but would be strengthened in his faith and give glory to God, being fully persuaded that you have the power to do what you have promised. Now, the word says in Revelation 12, 11, it says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So what that means is it means we overcome by what Jesus did on the cross, by the sacrifice that he made. But the other part of that equation is that it's not just that, but it's the word of our testimony. And that word that's used there means the spoken word. And testimony means our witness. So we overcome by speaking our testimony, by speaking what the word says over our situation. That is a huge part of how we overcome any situation. And our words are so important. And so when I didn't know what to pray, I, I went to the word. I filled in the blank. I would just have mornings where I would wake up. I took all screens out of my room, and I would just say, I thank you, Father, that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I would just go through these cards, go through the scriptures, reminding myself over and over of the truths that are found in God's word. It is so important. And we need to make the repetition of our mouths and our hearts be what God says about us. Awesome. 
And just because you have to like be intentional about it and write it down or go to the website, download some of those cards, find the ones that you like and begin to say them, it doesn't, it doesn't cheapen it. It's so important that we're intentional with it. And we just, like, this is what I'm going to do. And we stop saying things like, well, I don't, I, I, I just, I don't have the energy to go through the day. Yes, you do. You have, the, you have all the energy you need to do everything God's called you to do. And you say that instead, and I don't know what I'm going to do with these kids, but I don't know, but I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this job. It's such a drag. Well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he has a plan and a purpose for my life. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what he's got for me. That's what I'm going to declare. That's what I'm going to say, and that's what I'm going to do. And begin to say those. Be intentional. The negative things, stop it. Don't concede those areas, any of those areas to the devil. Don't just give up on them. Be like, no, I'm going to find out what God's word has to say and begin to speak that over your situation because our words have power. For me, it's that, 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 that picture of a careless shot with a Nerf gun, a real gun, whatever you wish to picture, but thinking, wait a second, I wouldn't do that. And my words, God, help me. And we all need help doing it. Let me just say, again, the Bible says if you can tame the tongue, you can do anything. You can do anything. But let me just say, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That requires you asking, saying, God, I need your help. David said this. David prayed and he said, put a guard over my mouth. I loved that one. I was like, I put a guard over my mouth. I would be slow to speak and quick to listen. That I would speak life that I would speak life into situations that I would know what it is that your word has to say and then speak it into it. If you have to be intentional, download some cards. Find some good ones on there. You're like, okay, this is great. And I don't know if you saw it. Can I see that stack? Yeah, just the whole thing. Is this all of them? There's a lot. There, 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 there's a bunch of, <laughs> there's like, a, <laughs> there's a bunch and there's probably one for the thing that you're dealing with. Get on there. And when she said references, what she's talking about is there's these sayings and things to be declaring, and the references below are the scripture verses that have written the promises that we're standing on, the scriptures, that it's not just positive speak, which again, yay, it's great, but it's founded on God's word because that's where the power is. The power is in knowing and speaking God's word. It's not just enough to know it. The sword of the spirit, when we look in the Bible at the armor of God, everything is defensive that we wear, the breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, we've got the shield of faith, and then we have the sword of the Spirit, which is, the Bible says, the Word of God. But literally when it says that, it's the rhema, it's the spoken word. It's something that you get to say against the power of your words, and you speak the Word of God over that situation. I heard it said before, when we speak in faith God's Word, everything with an earshot stops and listens for what we're about to tell it. I didn't just say everybody, I said everything because everything is listening. So what is it that we're saying? Let's line it up with the word of God because Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest, but we will not experience that and we will fall short of it until we're lining up our words with what he's saying, realizing the power that they have and lining it up with what God's word has to say so that we can be and do all that God has called us to be so that we can be the light so we can be his hands, be his feet into the situations and into the arenas, the areas of our life that we have influence.
and bring the joy and the peace that we found into those areas. But with that, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Before we leave today, before we say goodbye, I want to just make sure that everybody here, online, wherever you are, that you know where you stand with God. Because if you don't, you can know. Let me just say, you don't have to wait until you die to find out. It's not a hope, well, one day I'll find out. No, Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. He paid the price that we could not pay so that we could be free. That's why he shed his blood. It was for you and it was for me. And if we accept it, he says, I'll I'll come in. He says, I'll remove all that sin, all the shame, all the guilt, all gone. He says, from here you come and you live for me. You're not an accident. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You can begin to walk out and to live that today. So if this is your first time just declaring that, God, I want to be yours. Or maybe you say, there was a time I was living for God, but I turned my back on him. But today I come back. I declare I'm his again. I want his forgiveness. I want to walk in the fullness of life that he has for me. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you. So I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, then right in your seat, we can pray. And when we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and begin to walk out the plan and the purpose that he has for you. If that's you, online or in this room, get ready. We're going to lift our hands at the count of three. You're saying, I want to be forgiven, set free. I want to walk out the plan and purpose he has for me. One, two, three. Right now, shoot it up high. Say, that's me, and today is my day. Okay, hands down, in this room, online, wherever you are. If you lifted your hand, we're all going to say this prayer together. Are you going to repeat after me in just a minute? But those of you that lifted your hands, as you say these words, make them your own. Say them from your heart. God's going to meet you right where you are. Let's all pray together out loud. Say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. I want you. Thank you, Jesus for shedding your blood for me. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. Devil, you lost me. And God, I'm yours. From now on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.